Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily. A huge three points for the Hammers last night. What a win for West Ham in the fight for Premier League survival. Beating Chelsea 3-2 late on. A huge boost for Moyes. But David's delight was Frank's fury as Chelsea missed a chance to push ahead in the top four race. Ten months since a ball was first kicked in the Premier League this season. There's still plenty to play for. But AFC Bournemouth appeared to be on their summer holidays. It is July after all. And Newcastle United's 4-1 win on the south coast was like a stroll along the beach. But serious trouble in paradise for the Cherries. Wins for Everton and Arsenal last night to discuss too. As well as tonight's top flight clashes, it's Sheffield United against Spurs and Manchester City versus Liverpool. This is Football Social Daily, your daily dose of Premier League news and opinion in podcast form every single day of the football season. We're the only podcast that does that, so why not hit subscribe however you listen to your shows and you won't ever miss another episode again. I'm Niall McCorn and joining me on today's podcast we have the Manchester City correspondent for goal, Jonathan Smith. Hi Jonathan, how's it going? Hi Neil, uh, very well thanks, how are you? Yeah, all good. I just wanted to ask you before we get going, how have press conferences been over Zoom and stuff like that? Have people been kind of fighting to ask a question and talking over each other and going, sorry, no, you go first? <laughs> That's always no, the case. it's very polite, actually. It's quite a good system because you, you have this sort of um, hand-raising um, thing with Zoom. So it's all very polite. It's all in a queue, all well-ordered. So um, no, there's none of that. It's just it's just very strange sitting in your, in your study having a chat to Pep Guardiola that's the, that's, the, that's the most peculiar thing do you think that we could see more of this sort of digital journalism in the next few years I mean obviously we're doing this at the moment because of the pandemic but I mean could you see it replacing the, the traditional press conference or do you think that that's there to stay no I hope not because I think there's a lot more to be gained from actually sitting there in a the room with somebody you know it's worked well but I think it's it's very much a sort of a way through this situation rather than you know beneficial in the long term I think I don't think you can be sitting in the room and, and, and looking at someone in the eye and, and having a chat yeah 100% also joining us on today's show we've got Lee Whitehouse hello Lee 
Yeah, morning, mate. Are you, how are you? I'm fine, man. I'm, I'm pretty good. Uh, I made sure I caught up with as much football as possible last night, including the championship. And uh, as a West Brom fan, I'm sure you're increasingly confident. Another big win for you and the boys last uh, night. Yeah, finally, yeah, some goals uh, to, to celebrate. Uh, we didn't actually play very well either, which uh, is always bodes well. But it was a, it was a must win uh, for us with everybody barring Leeds winning over the, over the last two two days including Forrester have now got themselves back in as well so I, don't, I wouldn't say uh, that confident at the moment but five point cushion six games to go yeah if you, I took that at the very start of the season well considering how bad AFC Bournemouth were last night you might fancy your chances of replacing them and that's where we're going to kick off today's show by recapping yesterday's action there were four Premier League games in total and nearly all of them with significance so why not begin at the Vitality Stadium where it finished Bournemouth 1 Newcastle United 4 now I watched this game from the start I didn't fancy Bournemouth at all from the start. I think that they've run out of steam in the Premier League personally. Uh, but obviously at home, I know there's no fans there, but certainly a chance to kind of give themselves a bit of a, a leg up in this fight for survival against the Newcastle team who have been a little bit hot and cold. Certainly since the restart, they've been good. But all season, they've been a bit erratic in terms of their results. But Jonathan, Bournemouth shot themselves in the foot. They were, they were sloppy, they looked hapless and they gave Newcastle an opening and the tune didn't look back. Yeah, I don't really know what's happened to Bournemouth since the restart. You'd think they would have been right up for it, particularly these sort of early games. They've had a couple of games that you would, on paper, think, right, these are the ones we've got to win because if you look at their running, from now on, they've got some very, very tough fixtures. Mm. Newcastle at home is certainly one you'd think, okay, this is what we're going we're gonna to win because, okay, there's no fans there, but it's still a long journey for the players and things like that, you know, in this current environment. So it won't, it won't have been easy for the players. And you think, you know, they keep, keep being given these second chances. Nobody's really picking up wins. You know, Watford, Villa, Norwich are all are all down there. So you think, okay, we've you know we've made a bad start since the restart, but let's go for this one against Newcastle. And like you say, just sloppy errors again. You, you just can't afford to do that in the Premier League. Um, you know, it's poor from Lerma giving away the the first one. A mm. couple of bit, bits of magic, and and that's it. Game over, and and well beaten. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned that you know Bournemouth were well beaten. Just goes to show how well Newcastle played. Lee, I've not seen Newcastle United play that well for a long time. Yeah, they've they've come back. Like you said there, that they've come back a bit helpless. Or they across the season they've been a bit helpless at times. But they've come back quite strong under Steve Bruce. You, you've got to say, in a, in a season that um, many were writing him off at the very start, the two hate him, or they did hate him at the very start. Uh, they none of them wanted him as their manager. You know, he was there to steady the club. He's had an absolute brilliant season. I think he's he could have been up there had Klopp not done what he's done uh, this year. He could have been up there as one of the options for manager of the year because they have they probably outperformed what everyone expected. He's I think he's now ahead of Benitez's points at this same same stage of last year and arguably doing it with a more entertaining side. So. Well, I mean, they've they've had a really, a really good return. But overall, the season's been very positive for Newcastle. And if this takeover does eventually go through, then you know it's looking all all bright for the tune at the moment. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I was really impressed with their performance last night. I mean, no less Alan Saint-Maximin, who was absolutely brilliant. Um, he got three assists in the same game. 
And he's the, only the third Newcastle United player to do that after Musa Sissoko and Andrew Cole. So esteemed company mm-hmm. there for St. Maximan. And he is becoming a bit of a cult hero up there on, on Tyneside. Um, there's lots of talk, isn't there, Jonathan, about Steve Bruce and whether he should keep his job and all the rest of it. It would be very, very harsh to see the back of Steve Bruce considering what he has done with this side. Yeah, he, uh, he came into a very difficult situation because I, I think the fans, like Lee said, you know, they wanted Benitez to stay and he's actually done a, a better job. And he's he made a couple of good signings in the summer and I think Sam Maximum certainly one of them. You know, it was, last, last couple of games, he's really impressed. He's, he's got everything uh, you would want from him. He's hugely skillful, can open up defences in tight games. Uh, and you think there'll be a few big sides looking at him Perhaps the only thing he needs to add is is a bit more consistency. Um, but if he can do that, do it on a regular basis, there's no reason why he... Well, I, I mean, I talk about him moving to a, a big club. Obviously, Newcastle is a big club, and if they, if they get this investment, who knows what's going to happen at St. James's. You know, they could be mm. really start to challenge for the for the uh, top, top four. Uh, and he's one that they've got there ready to be part of a, a new influx of, of star players. Yeah, he usually wears that headband. Uh, it's almost become synonymous with him. Uh, but it was missing last night, and I thought, oh, that's never a good sign, you know, when a player... I mean, it would be like Andy Carroll cutting his hair off. You think, what have you done, Andy? You know, it's not that you're not going to be the same player, but it didn't turn out that way in the end, as, he, as I said, getting three assists in a 4-1 win. Uh, Jonathan mentioned it before, Lee. I mean, Bournemouth's running looks pretty tough, and with West Ham winning, which we'll discuss a little bit later, that makes staying up for the Cherries that's a little bit harder. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at their fixtures uh, in the running. United, Tottenham, Leicester, City are the next four. Uh, you, you can't see many points coming from that. And you've got to think, that if I mean, we'll come on to West Ham, but, you know, they're always due a result like that. And if the, you know, it's always weird, though, this stage of the season. It's those games that where you write these teams off that suddenly they're putting a performance and it all turns again. So I wouldn't say it's over for them. Obviously... We, we think Norwich have gone. I think Villa and Watford are going to be in there with them. So it's still all to play for. But you've got to say the next four, it looks really, really difficult for them to get anything from those games. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. AFC Bournemouth won. Newcastle United four at the Vitality Stadium. A final score there. Uh, I was just stunned at how poor Bournemouth were. They were at, they were really sloppy. And personally, I think that their five year stay in the top flight is coming to an end. Uh, Everton two Leicester one was another game that took place at six o'clock last night. It finished two one to the Toffees. Leicester's grip on the top floor four is slipping away. Jonathan, is that it for them now? Do you think? Because if it is, it's a real shame for me. They do have some good players, but. I mean, you need to kind of hit the ground running in these restart games. I know we've had we've had a three-month break, but still, it's not going to do them any favours if they do want a Champions League spot. Yeah, I think it's all done us all a favour, though, because that top four race now is getting extremely exciting. You've got four teams going for it, uh, and, and all in sort of different aspects of form. You know, you've got Leicester, who was sinking like a stone, and, and Wolves and United are, are sort of outside that top four who were really putting it together. And he's think, what's, what's Brendan going to do to pull this around? Because like you say, for, since the restart, they've just not, not come back into it. I mean, they're still in that third position. So it's still in their hands. Mm. They've, got, they've got a couple of tough games coming up like everybody else. I mean, I'm looking at, I think they've got United as, as the last game of the season. Yeah, uh, that, I, think, I mean that. I think Wolves have Chelsea possible. on that final day as well, Jonathan. So, I mean, that could be Yeah, huge. they do, yeah. It could be a fantastic yeah. end of the season. I mean, Obviously, the title race is, is done and dusted. Um, 
there's still a bit of interest at the bottom. There's still, like we say, West Ham have pulled out of it slightly. So you think, I mean, it's looking like maybe Villa and Watford fighting over survival. Um, but, you know, it's, it's good to have a bit of action at the top end of the table with teams winning and going for it. And it, it's getting good. Uh, I don't know what's happened to Leicester. I don't know why they've started this 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 the restart so badly because they've got young good young players mm. they've got a lot of energy you know that's what their side is built around so I don't know what's gone wrong with them yeah no I mean that's something that Brendan Rodgers is definitely going to have to put his finger on if they are going to cling on to a top four spot but were they always punching above their weight for this season Lee I mean are their players as Jonathan says they're full of energy and they are bright but I mean have they got enough experience in there I mean Vardy's been stuck on 99 goals for a while maybe that's a little bit of a monkey on the back in general do you think that squad's good enough for a Champions League place or have they kind of been punching above their weight I think everybody was surprised when Brendan signed a new contract because um, I think we all thought he would be going to a bigger club because we all saw that uh, yet this Leicester side is um, it's got a lot of um, pr- promise about it and I think but it was a bit it's maybe this season is too early for them and ultimately we know over the longevity of a season the clubs do start to get found out as, you know they play a certain way and obviously you know, the, the Premier League adapts so quickly and the managers adapt so quickly that they find ways around you and I think I've said on here before that you know some of these clubs have had um, they've got analysts who for three months, all they've been doing is analysing the clubs who they've got left to play. Mm. And maybe this is what's happening. The other factor is, and this might be affecting Bournemouth, and also, I was thinking this about Sheffield United as well, that some of these, you know, like Sir Leicester, you know, when they're at home, especially, that you know, they rely on, when you go there, the fans are, ele- are amazing. You know, I, I've been to Leicester and Bournemouth and Sheffield United, their fans get right behind them. And, you know, it's, it's a different experience. And I can imagine that, the players really do feed off that energy and the, and the fans can give you that extra bit of energy that, that you need. And maybe that's what's missing for some of these clubs who have started the restart so poorly. I, I don't know what um, the other clubs are thinking around that, whether, you know, whether it has impacted some better than others, having these empty stadiums. It'd be interesting to, to see how this kind of pans out over the over the rest of the, the or towards the end of the season mm. and to see who does actually benefit from empty stadiums and who doesn't and whether it is actually an impact yeah I mean certainly you think for Leicester it might impact them even further because obviously as we know here in the UK there's been a, a coronavirus spike in the city of Leicester which means that their home games at the King Power might actually be moved to a neutral venue, which will certainly, um, you feel, have an impact. I mean, even though there's no fans in the ground, certainly home comforts still exist. They know the dimensions of the pitch and they're, they're used to the, you know, the, the changing rooms and all sorts of small marginal things like that, which might not sound like they make a difference in elite sport can be the difference between winning and losing and getting a Champions League spot in Leicester's case. As for Everton, we must praise them. A 2-1 win, a good 2-1 win. Um, uh, you know, in the end, um, goals from Richarlison and Gilfie Sigerson from the penalty spot enough to see off Leicester. But Carlo Ancelotti will be eyeing a possible Europa League place, Jonathan. You know, they could sneak into that uh, Europa League bracket. And after the fact that they could have possibly been relegation candidates at the start of the season, that's how poor they were. I mean, it's been a pretty good turnaround from Everton. Yeah, I like what Carlo Ancelotti's done. He's, he's settled everything down and, and he's made them harder to beat. They, they've, they now stay in games that where in the past, perhaps, 
they would have slipped away. Mm. You look at the, the three results since the restart, a draw at home to Liverpool, win away at Everton, beating Leicester last night. They, you know, they, that's a pretty good return. I mean, that's an excellent return, let's be mm. honest. You know, mm. Liverpool haven't dropped hardly any points this season, so you're not going to get much better than seven points. That's that's great. Um, and it's just tighten them all, all around. Um, and you think, yeah, why not? Why not go for it? It's 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 a, another tight race. Obviously, there's a couple of, couple of good sides above them at the moment: Arsenal and Spurs, primarily. They're very inconsistent. You don't know what's going on then. And 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 quietly, behind the scenes, they they're working away. And I would not be surprised to see them sneak into that seventh place. Mm, yeah, I mean, he's a top quality manager, isn't he, Carlo Ancelotti? I mean, it just proves how good he is. That even with mm a somewhat depleted Everton squad. And I mean that in the sense that, you know, last night they didn't have Theo Walcott, uh, Jean-Philippe Gabamin was injured. I mean, they've had a lot of injuries this the whole season, really. And yet they've still managed to, to get results along the way, certainly since Ancelotti came in. So I am excited to see what the project is there. New stadium possibly on the way, although that's delayed. So, I mean, things are looking reasonably bright for Everton. I certainly feel that if they sneak into the Europa League this season, that would be uh, an excellent campaign considering how it started. Well, talking of uh, an excellent campaign, that's been far from the case for Arsenal, although they did pick up an emphatic 4-0 win over Norwich City at the Emirates Stadium last night. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang back in the goals, Lee, which is good for me because he's the captain of my fantasy team, although I did say I was going to triple captain him and I absolutely forgot to do it. So there's a few points going down the drain there, but a confidence-boosting win for Arsenal who still have some points to prove this season. Yeah, they're a great resort for them. And you've got to say, although they are playing Norwich at home, you would expect that kind of result. Uh, you know, but I think, like you say, confidence-wise, gives them a boost. They're six points outside of Wolves and United. They may they may fancy that, uh, but I think they're probably, you know, Europa's more likely for them. But given the season they've had, they're so inconsistent in terms of what they're doing. I mean, arguably, you know, when you look at their their front three, front four, when they're on their day, they're as good as any team going forward. But their defence will always let them down. They haven't, you know, Wenger never sorted it. And I think Arteta has got a huge job to get that that resolved and to get them playing more consistently. Uh, I think if he can get them into the top seven, if he keeps them in the top seven, given that Tottenham are also there, um, I think that would be a really good end to the season for Arteta. Mm. Uh, and Arsenal for this year, and it just uh, it'll also be one one over on Tottenham for them, which would be also a great result. Uh, but yeah, when Aubameyang's playing like that, he's he's one of the best. I mean, he, he's the he's the quickest Arsenal player to fifty goals. Yeah, uh, I read last night, which but given the company he's in uh, to get to that fifty goals and to be the quickest, that is pretty impressive. Given the side of the Arsenal side he's actually playing in as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's been lots of question marks over Bamiyang's future. Um, and you can see why with a record like that, like you mentioned, Lee, and of course, Arsenal, if they don't qualify for European football, then that might be the end of his stay at the club. Of course, that remains to be seen. Um, and goals last night for Granit Xhaka, the first one in like two years, I think, nearly. And uh, Cedric Suarez, who signed from Southampton on loan in January. It's now been made permanent. He's waited seven months nearly to make his debut. And finally, he gets his debut and scores in the 4-0 victory. So a good start for him. Uh, but perhaps the most positive news for Arsenal, Jonathan, came actually uh, before kickoff, And that was that was about Bukayo Saka, who's signed a new deal at the club. Now, there were lots of 
rumours around him and his future as well a promising young player one of a few at Arsenal it has to be said and there were question marks over whether he might stay or leave but it looks like he has committed himself to the Emirates for the long term which is good news for Gunners fans I think it's great news yeah I think it's a really big deal for them I think you know over the last few years we've seen them really struggling to keep players slipping down the table um, you know, I thought Obviously, I knew know Mikel Arteta from his days at City and the positive effect he had on the squad, you know, players around the squad and everyone to do with the club speaks so highly of him. And I thought that was a great move for him to go to Arsenal. And he's not had the best of luck since he's been there, even since the restart, a few injuries, that kind of thing. So he really needed a bit of good news and something to just change the the atmosphere of the club. OK, Saka's a long way from being the finished article, but he's got huge potential uh, so I think it's a really big sign to, for them to get him nailed down now to a contract. Uh, and you would hope now that they can get a couple of others sorted out. And Aubameyang is obviously the big one. You, you know, he's getting on a bit. Um, you, you know, you've got to think if he stays at Arsenal, is he going to win things? Mm. It's, going to be, it's not going to be easy. I think Arteta is the right man to turn things around, but it's a big project. Mm. So getting him over the line is going to be harder. But certainly getting Saka is a good start. Yeah, as you say, Aubameyang now 30, or he will be at least uh, in a couple of days' time, I think. Um, so, you know, it's going to be difficult to tie him down to a new deal when he's got a record like he has got and obviously aspirations to perhaps play uh, a slightly higher level than Arsenal. No disrespect. And talking of this level, the Premier League it is one of the toughest leagues in the world and Norwich have found that out the hard way, Lee. They showed their issues last night with a couple of mistakes, almost gifting uh, a couple of those goals in the 4-0 yeah. win for Arsenal to the yeah. Gunners. I mean, Aubameyang had a couple of chances on an absolute plate, which he gobbled up. I mean, you don't need to give him too many opportunities uh, to kind of get him to, to take you down. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, Norwich, I mean, we always praise them going forward. They've got some good players like Campwell and Buendia and Tia Mupuki's a good striker. But again, at the back, it's where they've been frail this year. Yeah, it's it's a typical new, uh, new team back up. You know, you have you try and play an expansive way. And, and to be fair, I think you've got to give the teams that have come up this year, you know, a lot of credit for the way they've played. They've really attacked the league. They haven't gone and tried to hide and sit back and soak up the pressure and try and nick a, nick a goal and make it really boring, which, um, you know, I watched under Tony Pulis for a long time. I mean, that can be effective, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not great. But unfortunately, if you don't have, you know, the quality at the back, and I think last night just is a, it's just a team that's just petering out rele- and towards relegation now. As mm-hmm. soon as the first goal goes in, the heads drop, and all of a sudden the mistakes start to happen. And, and I think, unfortunately, you know, for Norwich... Uh, and for a lot of the clubs at the bottom, they've, they've all got that mistake in them. And once, and at this level, you can't give these boys a chance. You know, you, I watched, uh, you know, I watched West Brom last night uh, against uh, Sheffield Wednesday. We could have been two 0 down. The teams in the championship just aren't good enough to take the chances every time. In the, at this level, you give the, you give them half a sniff, and, and you're one 0 down before you know it. Mm. And unfortunately, that's what all. I mean, that's why it's so difficult to stay up. That's why Norwich or two of the three. Um, that are that got promoted and now back down. That's why you don't see all three stay up in the league very often. Who get promoted? It's, just, it's so difficult. It's such a step up as well. Mm. And for the defenders, in terms of if you come up with the same defence, in many ways, it's all you know. The levels of concentration go up more than anything. It's yeah. just it's just a whole different level. And yeah, the money's great, but sometimes it can be a real learning curve that you go through. But to us, the Norwich, Norwich will go down, 
and they'll come they'll probably come back the season after and they'll come back a stronger team for it you know mm. teams yo-yo for a bit and then get a bit of stability and stay so Mm. But yeah, it's difficult when you first come up to this league. It's just, just it's horrible <laughs> for, for the new for the new boys. I must say, it really is, it really is horrible. Talking of yo-yo, as a West Brom fan, I'm sure you've got plenty of experience of that. Yeah, uh, the traditional yo-yo club. I do think though, if Norwich do go down, they'll look a completely different side next season. Not in terms of style of play, but in terms of the actual squad. Because I think players like Jamal Lewis and Todd Cantwell and Buendia, as, as I've mentioned before, will probably get moves to different clubs off the back of their showings this season. Anyway, time for a quick break here on Football Social Daily, but stick around because afterwards we'll be talking about West Ham's huge win over Chelsea last night. A massive three points for the Hammers, as well as looking ahead to tonight's fixtures in the Premier League. Sheffield United against Spurs in a race for European football. And what could have been a title decider a couple of weeks ago, now a little bit of a dead rubber. Manchester City versus Liverpool. This is Football Social Daily. Don't go away. Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Football Social Daily from Sports Social, your daily Premier League podcast. All the news and opinions from the English top flight summed up nicely in one daily podcast for you. So hit subscribe and you won't ever miss another show again. My name's Niall McCorn. I've got Lee Whitehouse and Jonathan Smith alongside me on today's show. And now let's talk about the huge London derby last night at the London Stadium where it finished West Ham United 3, Chelsea 2. And it was a dramatic late Andre Yarmolenko winner which secured the three points for the Hammers. And then they showed great fight, Jonathan, especially after early on in the game, VAR went against them when Thomas Salchek's goal scrambled home was ruled out for one of those forensic VAR offside calls that we've become accustomed to this season. It almost feels uncomfortable seeing goals ruled out like that because it, it feels slightly unfair in a weird way. Although you could say it is fair because, you know, the decision microscopically is correct. It almost feels a little bit like, oh, that's a bit harsh. It's, it's really tough, isn't it? I, I, I would hate to be a player in that situation because it, it just it, it must affect your game because you you feel almost robbed that you've scored a goal mm. and then when you get to see... If you do happen to see a replay in the stadium or something like that or you, you know how close it was, it must be unbearable. Uh, even, even if you haven't seen the replay, you must know that that is down to inches, that decision, and mm. it's really mm. cruel. But... Like you say, West Ham turned it around, and that feels like a, a really massive result last night. It feels like it's it could change their season in terms of survival. You know, it, the the price of survival this season seems bigger than ever with everything that's going on with coronavirus. Sure, no fans in the stadium. You know, a loss of income from TV revenue, that kind of thing. And you think there's a couple of big clubs down there. And if they were to go down to the championship, you would worry about what happens to them. Mm, I think so, so for West Ham to get that three points is, feels really big. I think you're right because West Ham's owners issued a statement around Christmas time, I believe, where they said relegation to the championship this season would be catastrophic for the club from a financial perspective. And that was even before the COVID-19 pandemic struck. So certainly West Ham have got more cause than most to, to try and stay up in the Premier League if that is going to be the case, if they do go down. But as you mentioned, uh, Jonathan, it was the actual spirit of the players that you know when you get a VAR decision like that go against you it can kind of suck the life and the confidence out of you but for them to dust themselves off and go again that's the sort of spirit David Moyes will be wanting his side to show won't it 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, and perhaps David Moyes is going back to the spirit that he had at Everton when he had a, a sort of close-knit unit of players who would do everything for each other. Uh, and he's perhaps starting to build that sort of thing at West Ham now. Um, and that's the sort of thing you need in, in a relegation battle. Um, you know, it was, it, And the way they won it as well, I think, is will he be even more a boost? A last-minute winner like that just gives everyone a, a, you know, an even bigger boost and and the way he took it as well it was a really neat finish mm. uh, on you know you could you could in that situation you're under pressure because you know this is potentially going to win the game he kept his calm cut inside took it away nicely three points thank you very much yeah absolutely and uh, it just goes to show that you you can't ever lie down in the premier league and give up because you just never know when that final chance might come along and talking of chances lampard would be absolutely furiously that chelsea wasted a chance to go above leicester after they lost to everton earlier on in the day and with decent results for for manchester united and wolves uh, earlier on in the week and you know leicester losing as well would be a big boost for those two teams chasing the top 4 a real chance blown for chelsea and it's not often we've said that this season no um but you know, they haven't played well the last two games, Chelsea. Uh, I think we mentioned earlier in the week about their, their cup tie against Leicester. You know, Leicester were, were the better team overall and he, he wasn't happy about that performance and he's mm. definitely not going to be happy with um, last night's performance. They didn't defend well at all. Uh, and he's, he's something, he's got areas he's got to address there at Chelsea. I mean, again, he's, a, he's another manager who's probably done more this year than what we expected it to do and maybe it is a case of are the wheels starting to come up a little bit? Are they showing signs of a bit of weakness? You never know. Uh, but are they? Look, they go for, maybe it's just go through a tricky patch. West Ham have these results in them. I mean, this is as a West, you know, for West Ham fans, this must be the most frustrating thing at all. They they have the result. They have these kind of games in them against the big teams where they can pull something out. I mean, I think we spoke on this show a couple of weeks ago and it all looked doom and gloom for West Ham because mm. um, Moyes was was aiming at the last game of the season and yeah. you know you're looking at the fixtures and you were going oh my god this is you know this could all be a disaster but you look at their next four fixtures now it's, a, it's totally changed the Newcastle Burnley Norwich and Watford they they look more likely to stay out of this mm. but yeah to get back to Chelsea Lampard is going to be he'll be annoyed but it's still in his hands again. I mean, he, you know, he's got a Leicester team ahead of him that's slipping. Uh, yes, there's pressure coming from behind, uh, with, especially with United because they they're looking quite um, promising. You know, the way they um, just brushed aside Brighton the other night, but it'd be frustrated. But I don't think he's he's going to panic. Um, you know, he's, he's quite he's quite cool customer. He Lampard to be fair to him, uh, and I think that they, they'll end up finishing in third more likely than anything else. Yeah, it just makes me wonder whether Man United and Wolves will start to smell blood because Leicester are slipping, Chelsea losing is a good result for those two chasing sides and as we mentioned earlier on in the podcast, that final day of the season looks really tasty for more than one reason. You've got West Ham against Aston Villa on the final day, which as you mentioned, David Moyes pinpointed a couple of weeks ago to uh, a few question marks from Hammers supporters and then you've got Chelsea, uh, Chelsea, Wolves, Leicester, Man United all playing against each other on that final day, so we'll have to wait and see what happens happens there speaking of the blues jonathan they're releasing willian at the end of the season they've made it clear that his time at the club is over i mean he's been really good for me post restart in in terms of the chelsea players that we've seen i mean two goals last night he's one of the best wingers i've seen in recent memory in the premier league at tracking back and winning back possession which is kind of a real gift that he's got do you think chelsea might regret letting him go or considering the talent that they've brought in it, it might be the right time for him to move on 
I think it might be the right time to go. I mean, he's a fantastic player. I really love William when he's on the on it. But his consistency has been a bit of an issue. Sometimes you watch Chelsea, and he can be a bit of a passenger. He doesn't get involved when when things aren't going their way. Mm. He turns thirty two in August. And he's on, he'll be on big money. I think he's on something like one hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week. So you know we've seen Pulisic has has really made an impact. Yeah. And I think he, he, he needs to step up and, and do even more next season. Uh, they've obviously brought in Ziyech from Ajax. So they, they're addressing that situation. I think Tammy Hagram can play out wide. They're building a, a, a stronger, youthful squad now. And perhaps it is time for, for William to to move on. But he's still got a lot to work. I mean, that free kick was, was sensational against West Ham. Yeah, brilliant. That's what he's capable of. Um, but perhaps... If Chelsea are really going to chase the, chase down Liverpool and Manchester City, they need a bit more energy, uh, which those two clubs have got, and and I'm not sure that William always provides that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chelsea look like they've got a plan. They look like they know what they're doing going forward. And many people saying that if they strengthen at the fullback area, which looks like that might be the case with Ben Shilwell possibly on the move from Leicester, um, Kepa, Arisa Balaga, they might replace him in goal. Andre Onan has become available at Ajax, according to reports over the last couple of days. So who knows, with a couple of signings, they may really make a tilt for that uh, top four spot in slightly more aggressive vein next season. Anyway, that game finished West Ham 3, Chelsea 2. A massive three points for the Hammers, which gives them daylight between themselves and the relegation zone. There's now a three-point gap after Bournemouth's loss to Newcastle. So that's last night's fixtures. What about tonight's fixtures? And there's a couple to go across. Sheffield United versus Tottenham and Manchester City against Liverpool. And we'll start at Bramall Lane, where the Blades will be looking to get back on track, Lee, after what's been a wretched restart for them. The tightest defence in the league going into lockdown, aside from the champions Liverpool. And then since then, they've shipped two, three goal uh, games since. So, you know, it's not been great for them. No, they've they've come back. And I, again, I think similar to Leicester, I think teams have just found them out. They, they were, if you, if you think about um, teams overachieving, I think Sheffield United most definitely were overachieving. And to be fair to them, they've been absolutely fantastic. They were, you know, a joy, a joy for them as a newcomer into the league. It was great to see them again attacking it and really having a go and keeping the tight defence. I think they, they got a really strong keeper and obviously he's, I know he's um, United's uh, understudy, but uh, you know he's he's been brilliant for them this year as well. But unfortunately, you know that they're now realising what this league's all about. You know you've got to be on it all the time and you can't let little mistakes creep in because teams will punish you for them. And you have you have to just be at your at their very best to sustain uh, where they were. I mean, it's a shame because I think everyone was looking for the fairy tale, wasn't they? That this team that gets promoted goes straight into the Europe, you know, Champions League. They were they were they were on, they were on the cusp of. Uh, unfortunately, it's not meant to be. But what a great season they've had! Still, they can't. I think as a I know a few Sheffield United fans and. You know, as much as they're disappointed at the moment, they they're still they'll still look back at this season and with fond memories. I'm sure mm. it's been it has been a really brilliant season for them. Hopefully, they can you know they're not just going to peter out. Hopefully, they'll um, be able to start picking up some some points and you know finish um, you know with, with a flourish of wins. Just mm. just you know for morale and within the club because what you don't what they don't want to do and at the risk of doing at the moment is if they do finish the rest of the season without a win. 
Um, that'll be nine nine games or ten games without a win, and that can feed into next season. And as next season will be coming thick and fast, the last thing that they want to do is take that momentum into a new season. So they they will want to start to pick up some points. But overall, what a great year they've had in the Premier League. Yeah, definitely. They've still had an incredible season, even if they do slip out of the race. It will be a shame if they don't cling on to Europa League spot. But I don't think they should give up hope just yet, Jonathan, because as we've mentioned previously on the podcast, there are teams around them that are inconsistent. One of those is Tottenham. Although they couldn't really pick a better time to travel to Yorkshire and, and play the Blades, I'm still not convinced they'll win tonight. I just think they've got a very inconsistent feel about them as a side. And that's something that Jose Mourinho will need to address. But as I mentioned just there, I mean, they wouldn't have picked a better time to travel to Bramall Lane with the Blades sort of, you know, in a, in a downward spiral. Yeah, it is the perfect time to go up there, but I completely agree with you. Who knows what sort of Tottenham team it's going to be? You know, I think they've won one of their last five games in the Premier League, and mm. it's it's a real scrap to get that last place. And you would think, on paper, Spurs have got the quality, probably better than any other teams in there, mm. to, to make it their own. Um, so this is this is a test for Mourinho now. I think we all thought it was a, a bit of a strange appointment for him to go there. Um, and I don't think he's made a huge impression. He's, he's got a really... He, that, that squad is full of talent and he needs to pull that together, mm. give them sort of some sort of identity between now and the end of the season, go out and grab that Europa League spot and take that momentum into last season. Like Lee says, Sheffield United are are fearful of taking their form into next season. Tottenham have got to do the opposite, take some good form into next season and really go for the top four mm. because the, 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 they've got the players to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll just have to wait and see what Jose Mourinho does with that crop of players that he's got. And it seemed a bit strange that he even signed for Tottenham as manager in the first place, considering mm. a lot of people have labelled at him that he's a checkbook manager and all the rest of it. And yet we know how notoriously uh, um, tight in the pocket Daniel Levy is as the chairman. It just seemed like a rather strange, strange fit for uh, for Jose Mourinho to travel uh, to North London and take on that Spurs job. As of their game against Sheffield United, they've obviously got um, lots to think about in terms of their own European aspirations. That break did them some good with the likes of Son Hyung Min and Harry Kane fit and available again. From an injury perspective, that break probably suited Tottenham the best. So that game at Bramall Lane tonight, Sheffield United against Spurs is a 6pm kickoff in the Premier League. Right then, tonight's game, probably the biggest game uh, of the two, Manchester City against Liverpool, 8.15 kickoff at the Etihad Stadium. Now, uh, Jonathan, you might have been preparing for this game for a few weeks because there have been so many possible permutations and outcomes that this game could have presented. So let's start from the beginning. First of all, there were some doubts about whether this game would even go ahead at the Etihad. Yeah, uh, obviously... Uh, Liverpool going for their first title in 30 years and it was understandable that some fans would celebrate that. Obviously we saw some scenes in uh, around Anfield on Thursday night and at, at Pierhead over the weekend which perhaps weren't the best. Um, I think you know, obviously Jurgen Klopp has spoken publicly that, to the fans to say okay you know it's, it's, it's fantastic what we've achieved but let's Let's do celebrate at the right time, um, and you would think that there won't be much incident at the Etihad Stadium tonight. There's no reason for the fans to go there, and there's no reason why the game's fine. fans didn't up to the ground or behaving in, in a way that you know we don't want to see with all the safety fears. So this game was chosen as a possible one that they might have to play in a neutral venue, particularly if the title was still up for grabs. 
it's been settled now, so I don't think there's any issues really playing at the Etihad. Has this game become a bit of a dead rubber then, Lee? Because, I mean, all the excitement that was kind of reaching fever pitch with uh, Manchester City and Liverpool possibly going toe-to-toe to decide who's going to become, you know, where, when Liverpool were going to become champions, I should say. Um, they could have done it at the, you know, at the home of their rivals over the last couple of seasons who they've been neck and neck with. So, you know, it, it, does it feel like a little bit of a damp squid, this one? I mean, I don't want to write the game off before it's happened, but certainly, certainly it feels less exciting than it could have been. I think, I think for the neutral, it potentially is. But at the same time, both managers, are, you know, they're, they're so... Um, they won't let this game just become a nothing game. Sure. They both want to win. They'll both go out to win it. The players will both all want to win it as well, just for pride, especially from a city city view. They'll they'll want to um, they'll want to put on a show and just to, to say you know we'll be here next year. We're going to be gunning for you. I mean this is this is actually City's opportunity to put a statement down for next year as well. And I'm sure a lot of the players will want to put that in. They're, they're arguably been they they know they haven't been quite good enough this year. That you know I think they've lost eight games. Which was never going to be good enough to beat Liverpool. When you look at how they came out, you know, I, but I think this is a real opportunity for Pep to just turn around and go, right, well, boys, go and show what you can do, and and it'll be, a, I think it'll be a fascinating game because if Liverpool turn up and are on it, and the way City have started the restart and will be on it, it's going to be fantastic to see. Um, and I, I think it'll be, you know, this is the two best teams or two best club teams in Europe at the moment. Uh, for me, they're, they're, you know, when you watch them, how attacking they are, how good, how good they are, and how entertaining they are. This has got all the makings to be an absolute classic, classic game. Even though there's not a lot riding on it anymore. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, I think you're rightly, arguably, City have actually looked better than Liverpool post restart. But the Reds got the job done and did secure that Premier League title. They are twenty plus points ahead of City, who. You'd think, Jonathan, will have one eye on that Champions League competition, which is going to take place in early August in uh, in Portugal, that kind of gauntlet run for between the, the, the quarterfinals and the final of the Champions League. So with that in mind, and obviously knowing that Sergio Aguero might miss that due to injury, is Pep likely to rotate again? It seems to be something that he's done quite commonly throughout the season. Yeah, it's it's always a dangerous thing to try and second guess a, a Pep Guardiola team. I think I've got it. I think I've got it right once since he's been at uh, the club. So, I mean, before the Chelsea game, he, he talked about the focus being on Newcastle because you know the league's gone. The FA Cup is a piece of silverware that they can still win, and and it's still important to keep winning. Mm. He's got an extraordinary record of winning. I think it's eight of the last ten trophies available in England if you count the Community Shields which I know not everyone does but it certainly does um, so yeah it's interesting to see what sort of a team you will go with because I don't think you'll want to lose to Liverpool but you go back to the Chelsea game and the Newcastle game De Bruyne Laporte Sterling all started those games um, you know like you say they've got this Champions League on the horizon so far, they've not had too many injuries. They've got a couple of tweaks and things like that. Obviously, Sergio Aguero is the big one, and it's hopeful that he'll be back for that. But it leaves them with only Gabriel Jesus as the as the single recognised striker. So he won't want to lose to Liverpool. He'll want to make a statement for next season. Perhaps he'll also have one eye on stopping Liverpool uh, breaking their record for total points in the season you know they're still well on course to beat their 100 points so yeah if they don't win tonight you would you you know you would expect Liverpool to go on and, and, and do that so 
there's a lot, although it's like you say, it's a dead rubber, there's still a little bit, a few things riding on it. So I think you'll, he'll go with a fairly strong side. Mm. There may be a couple of uh, switches here and there. And, and maybe one player who might come in is Phil Foden. I think his influence is going to grow over the next few seasons. And, and this is the sort of game where certainly over the last couple of years as he's been integrated into the first team squad, he wouldn't have played in. Maybe this is his game to say, right, now you're really part of this team. You're part of the the side that I want for the big games. Go out there and show you, show me what you can do. Yeah, he's been brilliant, hasn't he, Jonathan? He's been absolutely sensational. I mean, I mean, the way he's kind of matured into that role and it's a lot of pressure when people are saying you're the heir to David Silva, who's arguably City's greatest ever player and yeah. one of the best Premier League midfielders we've ever seen. So, you know, that's a lot of pressure for a young man to take on his shoulders and he seems to be doing it with aplomb. Yeah, huge pressure. And and also he's, he's had other people saying you need to get out of the city, you need to go and play somewhere else, look at what Sancho's doing. Mm. He's fighting up against De Bruyne, David Silva, Bernardo Silva had a fantastic season last year. He's up against them, fighting for this place. But Pep's said to him, look, trust me, I will look after your career. I uh, I did it with Iniesta at Barcelona. And what look what he turned into. You know, Iniesta's one of my favourite players of all time. Uh, and it's very difficult to, to start talking about him being as good as that. But that is the potential he can reach. Um, and just uh, almost game by game, he improves He's just so exciting and, and one for England as well. I'd love to see him really reach that peak and be one of the best players in the world. Yeah, I mean, it's almost a case of, do you want to be like Iniesta or do you want to be like Joe Hart? I mean, that's the way it can go. Across Pep Guardiola, of course, Joe Hart now looking for a club after he was released by Burnley. And just a final one, Jonathan, finally the worst kept secret in football. Leroy Sane is off to Bayern Munich uh, in a deal in the summer, which will take place once the season is over. No real surprises there. He's only played 10 minutes of Premier League football this season for City after coming off the bench in the 5-0 win against Burnley. Of course, he's been recovering from knee ligament damage, which he picked up in the Community Shield last August. So what can you tell us about that transfer? As I said, the worst kept secret. It was one that everyone knew was going to happen, really. Yeah, I'm not sure I can tell you anymore. I think we, <laughs> we knew 12 months ago it was going to happen and unfortunately he picked up that injury. I think the, perhaps the one regret from City's point of view is that they had these negotiations going on last summer and he was maybe worth twice the price. Wow. Well, wow. I mean, he's, he's down to the 12, last 12 months of his contract. Mm. Um, you know, we're still yet to see how football will be affected by the impact of COVID-19 in terms of you know revenue i think i don't think we're going to see a new transfer record this summer i think right. you know everyone's going to be a little bit cheaper so i think at the end they've got a good price for him um it it's a bit of a shame that he's he's 24 and you think his best years should be ahead of him but he, you know he's a german international bayern munich biggest club in in germany by a long way he he, he fell slightly out of favor with the national team you know he didn't Play. He was left out of the squad for the 2018 World Cup. Mm. He really needs to be part of that. And being a star at Bayern Munich guarantees you a place in the German national team. So he's got everything about his game. He's he's absolute superstar. So I think it's a bit a bit of a shame that City won't see his best years. But mm. it's not a bad fee, all in all, for you know a player who's had a serious injury mm. and had 12 months on his contract remaining. 
Yeah, double the wages as well. As you mentioned, yeah. German national playing for the biggest club in Germany, guaranteed to win trophies at Bayern, guaranteed to be in the German national team. You feel if he plays well. Um, the probably Lee, I'd say the most disappointed City have been to let go a player in recent memory because you think of the players they've had. A lot of them, it's kind of been all right. Okay, thanks very much. Moving on. But this one, it does feel that it's been a bit of a blow for them to lose Sane. Yeah, I I really rate Sane. I you know I think he um, you know when when he first came in and there was him and there was Sterling on the other side, they they look so, they look so good uh, with him in that team. And I think he still you know he starts, he still improves their first eleven for me. Um, and I do I you know I do really rate him. And it's, I can't believe I, I didn't realize he was only twenty four. I thought he was a bit older than that, do it considering how long he's he's been around. Uh, but that said. You know, for if he's aspiring to be in the German national team and that's what he has to aspire to, uh, then when Bayern Munich come knocking, you don't say no because he's guaranteed. He, he will be guaranteed to be in that mm. German national team now as long as it all works out for him there. And I'm sure it will because he is such a talented player. Mm. Uh, you know, and I, for me, he was probably him and Sterling were so exciting to watch coming down either side. You know, you can't help but score goals in that team when you know when he's in it. I, I think he's a, he's a, he's a big loss to them, but they've got they've got a, a plethora of riches at City. I'm sure they'll. He, he, I'm sure he'll, he won't be missed too much because they'll just find another way to <laughs> to create the goals. You know, they've done it without him this year. So yeah, yeah. but he's a, he's a loss to the league, though. I do I do think that. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. Manchester City against Liverpool tonight, the Etihad Stadium, 8.15 kickoff in the Premier League. But that's it for today's podcast. Today's Football Social Daily is done, but we'll have another episode for you tomorrow and one the day after and every day between now and the end of the season. We're the only daily Premier League podcast that you can find, so hit subscribe. You won't miss another episode. We've also got match previews, match reports and the latest Premier League news on our new website, sport-social.co.uk, so go and check that one out. Thanks very much, Lee. Thank you very much, Jonathan, as well. Enjoy the game. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having me on. No problem at all. Uh, I've been Niall. Thanks for listening to the show, and we'll speak to you again tomorrow. Football Social Daily. Get daily news and updates on your team via your Amazon Alexa. Just ask Alexa. Open Sports Social. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.